pencil in the apocalypse. I gotta get up at five o'clock in the morning and sparkle, Neely, sparkle. I know what some of your big city no bra wearing hairy legged women livers might say. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Maximum Film. It's episode 261, and you know we got to get it done. It's your boy, if you are waiting in the booth with me, are my friends. So let me introduce you to them. First up, we have none other than the queen of the Midwest, the best to ever test, the, the super festival programmer, producer, the, the one gatekeeper to all of film. No. It is none other than Drea Clark, What's good? See, those are the things. Literally, I signed contracts saying that I acknowledge I'm part of a team. <laughs> oh, no, it's it keep me up at night. Um, What is good with me is so specific. So, so specific. But I feel like everyone here will appreciate the people listening. And if we, I feel for sure you are probably the one who maybe is familiar with this. As you know, I am not on the Twitter or social media as often as other people. I am a Nana in that way. But this week it did come to my attention. Um, there was, I think it originated in TikTok and then the same person put it on their Twitter profile. And his name, I have to attribute, it's I am underscore C King. And please watch this because the man did Beyonce's Break My Soul, but as a Denzel Washington monologue. I'm looking for motivation. Hmm? I'm looking for a new foundation. I'm on that new vibration. <laughs> yeah. And I watched it 14 times conservatively. I watched it so many times. Like we recently talked about Mississippi Masala, so like Denzel, fresh in the head, not that he's ever too far away, but be up, Break My Soul is Denzel, it was so good, so please, I don't know if this man gets anything out of more people seeing it, but even my Nana self thinks that's kind of how it works, so please go watch it, it's so good, it made me so happy. That sounds phenomenal, and I can't wait to look at it as soon as we get done today. I can't wait for you to both perfect your own Denzel and your memorization of Break My Soul via this video. It's what I want that for you, Ify. If only my Denzel can get as good as John Boyega's in Breaking, uh, you know, then we'll... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, but, you know, Alonzo is uh, taking a break from this episode as he recovers stronger, better, faster, stronger. So we're just going to send him our love. But... Of course, we had to tap in one of the premier voices of all cinema. You can't even call them movies when you talk about it. You got to say cinema. It is culture critic extraordinary and host of one of Max Fun's other movie shows, Feeling Seen. Jordan Cruciola, what's good? Hello, hello. Um, I'm like Drea, who will defer to programming teams. I will say I am. I am everything you described. <laughs> I am all of the above, um, and it, I it, I am Max One's other show. You know, just the two of us Singular. out here. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maximum there, there's fun. Only two, Please two keep that shows. in fun at the next Max Fun Drive. There are two shows here. <laughs> yes, at Maximum it is fun. Max Film, and it is it feeling is feeling scene. Um, <laughs> and you know, as as somebody who is associated strictly with cinema, uh, I have to say. Uh, 
you know, of course, what would be good with me is having seen Hackers last night in 35 millimeter and then having recently seen perhaps the movie of the year Orphan First Kill and just feeling inspired that from 1995 to 2022, we can still swing for the fences and achieve the best the best we possibly could as film creators and Jordan, consumers. just to keep the bridge going, I, I need you to know in his absence, Orphan First Kill was Alonzo's staff pick. I, I, yep, I know yep, it. Yep. And oh my God, it couldn't be more. What I just couldn't stop thinking about walking out of it with, besides performance of Julia Stiles' career and is that it's like, you know what? I I love franchises. I love all that stuff. That's good with me. But like, if, if you have, like, if you're angry about IP and like Hollywood has no new ideas, it's like, guess what? You can have new ideas and jump into a pre-existing film universe. You can take big swings within a property that already exists and seemingly took the biggest swings possible the first time it happened. Do it again. Like, give me, I will finally (laughs) want to watch another Texas Chainsaw movie, which I enjoyed the last one, honestly. I will finally be, like, highly motivated to call you art once again if you can give me something as good as Orphan First Kill. So, like, truly the case for unnecessary sequel and prequel expansion, Orphan First Kill. Julia Stiles, I love you. <laughs> now, look, I got to say, I, I, I said, you know, Julia Stiles, you know, was was on top of her game, was in everything. Then she did a few movies where she's a, the love interest to some black guys and they weren't casting her as much. I don't know. I don't have the brain or the gumption to, to do the, the math there, but I'm putting it out in the universe so somebody else can. Uh, <laughs> Do it, do it, and then I'll retweet you or something you like go. that, you know, <laughs> because there definitely was a dip and then she came back. Uh, but, you know. If he, well, then what's good with you in, in speaking of oh, things Oh, what's that you good know. with me? Yeah. Oh, what's good with me? I'll tell you what's good with me. <laughs> like a There's threat? There's been something on my <laughs> foodie hit list that has been dangling over my tongue for so long just 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 out of my reach i would always see it on a instagram or a tiktok and or what have you and it's been the souffle pancakes uh, because <gasps> yeah. those, those have been like like they, they're oddly elusive because everyone's like oh they're good they're good but you don't know like unless you go to the space the the, the place that's like in the video you really don't know where you can get it and there's been a new boba place advertised to me on my instacart and Ooh, my dad's boba. over so of course he immediately demanded me to get him some food uh you know i even <laughs> i even tried to be like sassy with it because he came over he was like he was like i'm coming over and you know naomi's sick so you know she can't go out so he's like so he's like so we so so you gotta order food then right because i want to eat and i was like <laughs> are you asking me to order something <laughs> for you uh, but then I wasn't that hungry. So I was like, I'm going to just get myself a boba from this place. And they had the souffle pancakes. And I'm sure they're phenomenal fresh. But they were the the cart was warm when I got it, the, the, the case. So they good job to the driver. Definitely going to tip you for getting it over here quick enough. Amazing. Just, oh, just worth right. the hype. my seat. Yeah, worth the hype. Okay. It was they made this like buttery butterscotch Hokkaido cream to go with it, oh and God. it is so good. Um, so yes. Uh, Apologies if you are listening to this episode hungry. Yeah, yeah. 
definitely Oops. get your hands if you can on a souffle pancake. They're worth the hype. They're very soft. They're very delicious. Um, I'm <laughs> happy on cloud nine. Weirdly, he has introduced me with those exact same adjectives before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, worth the hype. Soft, delicious. Look, I don't know if y'all. My whole thing. Because uh, I don't know if y'all missed a couple uh, weeks ago. Dre is a snack. She posted the first uh, the thirst Stop trap. It. I can't uh, believe first I led you back to because that's the first thirst easy. trap the uh, on the IG. And so you know. <laughs> just, just don't take my word for it. it Use was. your own goddamn eyes. It, I, you're the worst. Just oh. the worst. Uh, How dare you make me blush? You, what are we talking got, about? You today? got what you were going for, clearly. Yeah, look, 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 see. <laughs> Which leads us to today's uh, episode. Uh, you know, everyone, our batteries are full. Mine with the Hokkaido cakes. And today we're going to need those phone flashlight because we're talking about bodies, bodies, bodies. And then we'll engineer a few actor swaps. But first, it's time for Ididic, our movie news segment that is an acronym for Is This Important? Do I Care? Where we go through the week's movie news and decide, you guessed it, if we think it's important and if we care. So, Dre, you got the first one up? I sure do. You guys, MoviePass 2.0 is here, and it's <laughs> totally going to work out this time. That's right. Former MoviePass holders got an email last week. I did not as a former MoviePass holder, but thanks for losing my email. Um, inviting them to be waitlisted for MoviePass 2.0. You may recall the MoviePass, which allowed users to see unlimited movies for a low, low price, went down in flames back in 2020. One of its co-founders, Stacy Spikes, has bought the company back. He says that his objection to the unrealistic pricing of MoviePass 1.0 was the reason he got fired after MoviePass's 2017 buyout. This time around, he's got a different plan. No clear word yet on what that plan will be, but it involves tiered pricing and movies having the theater chains having more control over what's considered eligible for pass holders at each time is this important do you care <laughs> love deafening silence and just, yeah, just shaking it, well, heads i got i got the email which was fun <gasps> uh they sent me an email it was like hey uh What's up, big head? I'm back in town and I uh, was wondering. And I remember while I was sitting on the toilet, kind of shaking my head and going like, yeah, no, the, that 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 ship has like legitimately sailed. The your competition has responded in kind and everyone has a movie service unlimited pass that they've signed up for. I can't even imagine what would dr draw you back to MoviePass outside of just the, like, for example, I have Regal, so I can only cash in at Regal, but there are, like, a couple banger Regals around me. You know, I have the Alhambra, which is nice, or LA Live when you want to get that weird, like, <laughs> tinty window joint or 4DX. So I'm like, oh, man, and even then, even when I want to keep it local, uh, just because I like to support my local um, cinema advocates, uh, the Highland Park movie thing. I got their like frequent, you know, goer card. Aww. So I'm like, I have multiple options. What MoviePass was created to do has already been done. So it's basically, yeah, it's following the trajectory of most social media platforms where yeah. like, yeah. someone will start one. And then another one will do it and they'll actually improve upon what the other yeah. the original was like dragging its feet on. And then it's like. Yeah, nobody uses Facebook anymore or whatever. Like, well, 
And I'm sure like an economist will explain this better to me, but I think that's just kind of like the the capitalistic cycle, because I think about like, for example, Tesla, like the 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 brand Tesla, what it came out to do was push all these fossil fuel companies into electric cars. So now you have Ford, GMC, Jeep, all these companies making electric cars. And I will literally never own a Tesla because Elon Musk is a fucking nightmare so yes. like the bar has been pushed so i don't even need to go over there you gotta separate the electric go car there. from the electric car idea stealer and claim as his ownest uh, <laughs> uh but uh but look this is, this is we're, we're a movie podcast don't like you can say your idea but don't expect me to go even further if you reply to me about this but the only thing they really have right now is their um charging the network like it's so solid you can go from coast to coast just doing that the moment that one of the like old money companies buys that out and all that then we're just gonna have electric cars under the same brands that we've seen i said all that rambling to say that's just how it works that's how instagram has stayed around they stole from snapchat tiktok and i think the same thing with movie pass you came in bringing it back yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you did. You came in, you shook up the industry in a very good way. I think yeah. I think I have to give MoviePass their flowers to create a new system for movies that, uh, you know, now, we, you know, it makes it makes people a little more excited, I hope. I but- can't possibly <laughs> care about MoviePass because I'm an AMC A-list member. Yeah, exactly. You had your moment. You're done. It, like, it, it, if it ends up being a thing where people who don't have subscription services get that and it gets into movies more fun, good for them. Uh, I, I am surrounded by AMCs yeah. in my corner of the world. And yeah. it is a phenomenal deal. I am an AMC A-list evangelist. I think it's fantastic. Mm. So the, right, you, the Rowdy Pass. Regal ruff, Ruffians, uh, we got yeah. we got something to say to you. The Rowdy Regal Ruffians. Oh, wow. <laughs> I never had MoviePass 1.0 because I was a vulture at the time. So I was just seeing everything without without paying money yeah. and but now amca list serves exactly the purpose that everybody was crowding into movie pass for the first time so now it's very valuable to me but at the time i never did because it was just like i mean look i'm getting into all this stuff yeah. anyways so. yeah well you know um it came it quick uh someone even say their rise to f- popularity was fast and furious yeah. but <laughs> speaking of fast and furious last friday Residents of Angelino Heights held a rally protesting the filming of Fast 10 in their neighborhood. It's not just the stream of tourists taking photos in front of Bob's Market, a.k.a. Toretto's Market. Residents say they are plagued by wannabe members of the Fast family doing donuts, burning rubbers, and screeching tires at all hours of the night. They want the city to change the design of the streets to help stop the scourge of street racing. Is this important? Do you care? I think the first thing to clarify here is... They are very valid in protesting this, but what they're protesting is adjacent to the film. It's the Mm. film fans. It's not the actual, like, filming of stunts. And they certainly do still film in those areas. And I think should pay, like, 18,000 times the amount in what I would in permits and in security and in doing Mm. whatever. But it's hard because it's this thing that's literally built up a whole fan base that associates with part of the world with it. And those are the people turning out and doing dipshit things. The part that I think they're very valid in, Universal hasn't commented, the mayor's office hasn't commented. Mm. And if you are going to allow filming on city streets, which they do, which they mm-hmm. will, which they make a ton of money doing, yes. and which I hope they do because I would love yeah. to have more and more production come back to LA. Yeah. But you have to p- 
put in those safeguards. I bitch every time I have to add permits or I have to pay an off-duty officer $800 Mm -hmm. an hour to Mm -hmm. sit in the corner and sleep so we can film (laughs) at night or whatever. But like, I still think putting safeguards in place because people live there every day, not just the days you're filming. It is really, it is like I've walked by the Toretto house such as it is multiple times just because I like walk around up in Angelino Heights and it is shockingly consistent how often there is someone out in front of the the house just like taking a photo with their car or something. It's like, oh, wow, this really must be. Well, that's that's the point to it. Um, like the damage has been done because it is not based off of the fast series. The fast series has long, you know, separated from what these people are celebrating, which is the first yeah. fast and furious, which was a celebration of LA's like street racing culture. This is also a neighborhood of like two, four, five million dollar homes, which means I just oh, yeah. off rip. This is a posh neighborhood at this point. So like, I'm going to just be all the way real with you. I probably, I welcome more street racers to come as you sit in the middle of Los Angeles in your five million dollar home and do not do anything to help you right next to Echo Park suck my ass. But that's a side no, I point. No, I I, I, I'm torn on that. T- yeah. I do care about this news, Iffy, because oh, I, yeah. I'm like, I mean, they to- I totally see their point. Oh, and I also wish not points. for their lives to be more convenient in any way. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you're yeah. fucking fine. You yeah. live in a beautiful Tudor house um, in Angelino Heights. Oh, if, Whatever you nice have too. and do but, that gets you to live there and be there, you're fucking fine. And I right. kind of like that they're like nimby asses. Yeah, have that's to the, deal that's with the only thing. But it is a shit. It is a it is a bad precedent. That's the thing. That's the. It's like I because one, I truly think that no one should have to deal with street racers because they yeah. too are assholes. Every video that yes. has come out about a YouTuber going there has been bad, and they are. Bad right it is horrible but yep. also my like mortal enemy growing up in la is la nimby folks and this is just them because i will say there are rich neighborhoods that deal with shit and they just deal with it like they don't do <laughs> protests they but don't the do- difference is the interesting intersection here is you have your <laughs> oh, nimby folks like, that's a good is- pun Oh, I did it. I didn't even try. I can only do it if I'm not trying. But you have your not in my neighborhood people. Mm-hmm. But then you also have those are the people that are first to call the cops. So what's yeah. not surprising? I, yeah. I am actually I'm like, huh, because the reverse is like, yeah, because they're too busy policing the poor neighborhoods yeah. to actually be up there. So I, I yeah, shift that I, around. I, oh, my go, God. Go you, park a card up there all night. Yeah. You've reached a huge epiphany because you're right. Because, you know, for those not familiar, but kind of familiar, it's 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 smack dab. Angelino's Heights, especially, is in between like Echo Park. It's like, uh, you know, historic Filipino town and, and then Chinatown, which are like Drea said, heavily police neighborhood unnecessarily. Mm. So it is like a almost it is almost like a problem of their own doing. It was like, yeah, all you need is like one cop to like do a patrol around there and people would stop because uh you know the kryptonite to street racers is uh tickets uh so yeah famously. so so but because they they're surrounded themselves in neighborhoods that are heavily policed unfairly uh they don't have the manpower uh <laughs> to do it oh yeah. this is just a huge beautiful mess but honestly i do think <laughs> um you know, no one should have to deal with dumbass street racers, even if they're dumbass NIMBYs. And truly, Angelino's Heights, I still like them way better than uh, Beverly Hills, which I've probably ranted before, and I will every chance that I get, and I cannot wait. You see wait. a street racer in Beverly Hills, it wasn't iffy. Yeah, yeah it wasn't me. <laughs> you didn't see it. Look, you I keep my it. racing on the track. 
Oh, my God. Um, hey, speaking of movies, Anne Hathaway is to star in a new movie based on Harry Styles fanfic. Yes, that's yes. right. Like the middle-aged yes. woman I am, I will scream this to the heavens. So even as the Harry Styles from our reality is taking more turns on the big screen, the imaginary Harry Styles of fan fiction fame is fueling some new IP. A new Amazon Prime movie, aptly titled The Idea of You, will star Anne Hathaway as a mom who falls in love with a boy band member after taking her daughter to Coachella. It's adapted from a fanfic novel of the same name by Robin Lee. Is this important? Do you care? This is so important. This is so important. And I care about everything Anne Hathaway does. Because every every time she's cast in something, it's important. Every time we get to remind people of what a bunch of dicks they were. When all of the unjust hatred came her way. uh, I I love Anne Hathaway. She's one of our Anne Hathaway is my try hard patron saint like for all of us tryhards out here ooh the earnest people who raise their hand in every class all of that that's my energy i understand her i respect that her hustle comes in the nerdiest form um so yeah i love ann hathaway i always defend her but i also really i i'll say i'm secretly i'm a fan of the fanfic novel when they like rise through the detritus, right? Like there's something there <laughs> yeah. that's just the idea of the rawest, most pure form of access. Like you're out, you're by yourself, you're typing into the ether. Like you're yeah. writing something for no one based on something that you, who doesn't imagine nonsense? Like, I wonder if I took my daughter to Coachella and then Harry said, like, these are the things that get people through their days. This is the like daydreaming. And then you like write it down and someone else likes it. And then all these other people connect with it. And then it rises through and you didn't have to like, oh, I I workshopped this or I had to get into this. (laughs) I got into the Iowa creative writing program. Like, no, you wrote some nonsense, possibly on your phone. And good for you, Robin Lee. Like, get some money from this. Yes. Um, Ify, are we going to be able to get you to see this movie? I, you know, I spent this whole time just kind of thinking about it because I'm wondering, you know, now that, you know, Harry Styles is, you know, getting into the acting game, if they're going to be, if they're going to be able to, you know, rope him in. Can can you imagine? Oh, no. See, that'll, I I will (laughs) say the biggest thing they're going to run into is this is most uh, like after, which is a film series that has like three or four films at this point. And I think is honestly based also on Harry Styles. <laughs> and th- the after series from the word go has been like swarmed with how the dude they cast does not compare to uh. the dude that it is inspired by. Like it is so a are, whole is this, thing. Is, is this, do we know uh, for sure whether or not it will be a pop star that in every way is Harry Styles, but not yeah. named Harry Styles? I'm sure they'll do their damnedest to separate it because after i think that was their thing is it was i want you to know i've not seen these motion pictures yeah me either i I just learned of after i'm sad but only to a certain point yeah yeah (laughs) this is this is intense i'm glad that the the consensus on this top half of the zoom chat though is uh anne hathaway oh yeah rubber stamp we're we're pro anne hathaway here gotta see it 
Well, uh, you know what else we got to see the next segment. So we're going to take a break. But when we come back, it's time to play Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Soylent, the original food tech company, makes delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats. Like, I'm really messing with uh, them Soylent squares. They, you know, they come in a small size, but they're big in nutrition. You can grab them and go. The Soylent squared is a delicious and balanced 100-calorie complete nutrition bar that can be taken on the go, eaten as a snack between meals, or enjoyed as a sweet, nutritious mini-treat. Um, if I felt any shame about my disinterest in cooking, I would be concerned with how much I speak about it on this program, but I do not feel any. And I also, though, like to not be hangry. Um, and I find Soylent is a perfect bridge for that. That also doesn't give me the same, like, ugh, how many artificial things am I eating? How much fake stuff? And... I have the palate of a seventh grader, so I need everything to be delicious. So if I am in a snack mood or in between things, or I have even had the, they have the Soylent Complete Meal, which is a shake that's both in shake and powder formats. That's like 400 calories. It's a full meal, but it also has like 20 grams of protein, which I've discovered is what really keeps me from being super hungry all the time. Um, That's great. There's other nutrients in it. I don't feel guilty about it. And I don't get cranky. And then I don't make dumb choices because I'm like stupid hungry in between meals. If you don't want to be stupid hungry in between meals, you can go to Soylent.com forward slash MaxFilm and use promo code MaxFilm to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com forward slash M-A-X-F-I-L-M and promo code M-A-X-F-I-L-M for 20% off your first order. I This week, Greatest Discovery becomes... Greatest Trek. That's because Greatest Trek is for way more than just Discovery. We renamed our hit show that's on Maximum Fun, covering all the new Star Trek shows Lower Decks, Strange New Worlds, Picard, Prodigy, Discovery, and any other new Star Trek show Paramount throws at us. Come find out why we're the most important Star Trek podcast on the internet with our funny, informative recaps of all the new Star Trek shows that Paramount keeps churning out. Subscribe to Greatest Trek. It's a new Star Trek podcast from the makers of The Greatest Generation. Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm Yosef Way In the studio with me are... Drea Clark. I'm Jordan Cruciola. And now it's time to talk about A24's latest horror movie, Bodies, 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 which was directed by Dutch director Helena Rain and sends a cast of 20-somethings crawling through a dark mansion in a game gone very wrong. Drea, would you give us a brief summary of Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? Indeed, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies <laughs> takes place, I don't know what I did there, it takes place all in one evening, a dark and stormy night, in fact. We have um, Sophie rolls in with her new girlfriend, B to meet up with her longtime childhood friends in one of their very wealthy enclaves. Some of these enclaves are more wealthy than others we come to find out. Um, they are partying, And their partying is a lot less tame than mine was and involves all sorts of pharmaceuticals. Um, In the mix, we have her best guy friend played by Pete Davidson. Why not? And then 
a nice array of uh, interesting women that we'll meet further on. And also Lee Pace is there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so they're they're off to a good drunken high start. And then people start dying and uh, secrets come out. The girls are yelling. The power is out. A hurricane <laughs> is storming. No one washes their hands properly of blood at any point, which drove me crazy. Um, but yeah, then we finally make it till morning. Bodies, bodies, bodies. Mm. Well, I'm going to kick this off with a question that I'm excited to hear uh, both of your answers to, which is uh, if we can call this a horror comedy. If so, is it more horror or is it comedy? I think it is definitely a horror comedy yeah. with favoring the comedy, favoring mm-hmm. the comedy. I think it's a horror comedy favoring the comedy, but I would never, ever recommend this as you should see this funny movie. <laughs> okay. okay. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, you, I, it is right there, the title, Bodies, 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 but uh-huh. I'm not going to like send this like, oh, yeah, watch this. Have your kid in the room. I don't care. Like, it's not that kind of comedy. I, I would recommend it as a comedy to people who I know are going to be on the wavelength Yes. Of its sense of humor. Yes. I would not to a general, like, I wouldn't yes. tell my sister this is a comedy. <gasps> because, like, I don't know that she's going to be in that, like, Gen Z group 100%. with them. My sister would have no idea what is happening here. And a lot of it is structured and it's titled after a game that they play at the very beginning, mm. which they call body bo- Bodies, 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 which I've played as both Mafia and Werewolf. Yeah. Um, with right, this has different names. Which, which also and, like, was... the Lee Pace character yeah. even refers to it. He's like, oh, are we going to finish playing Werewolf? Like, hours later, I was like, oh, good, they get it. Like, okay. they get that people know this, but they've combined it with normally Mafia or Werewolf, and strangely, this season of Only Murderers in the Building also had a version of this game called Son of Sam that they, <laughs> like, worked through their narrative. But the Bodies, Bodies, Bodies version is... Um, smartly more involved with like physicality because it involves like, oh, we turn off all the lights and then we creep around and then like you trip. Normally you just stay in a single room. And so they they make it through one pass of this game and then it blows up in their face because they're all like yelling and arguing or whatever about it. And it's like, oh, I'm going to go pout and drop off or whatever. And then the actual deaths that start happening mirror the bodies, bodies, bodies format of like, oh, they discover and then they ask questions and then they make accusations. So it Mm -hmm. is a really, a sharp framework for that, right? Like you have a really good, um, you're calling back like, oh, we literally went through the rules of how this is going to go. So don't worry, audience, you got it. But just back to the Jordan of, of the people that will get this, the mm-hmm. humor in this was for Andrea Diane Clark. Yes. Like, I very much laughed so much. And like I said. Me too. I see things during the day in mostly empty theaters. But shout out to the two people behind me at Sunset Five who laughed every time I laughed. So I was like, oh, thank <laughs> God. It's not just me. And like, I've like, I don't know what they look like, but I felt a real kindredship with them by the time we left. And so there were things. And like, Rachel Sennett, who we've talked about what previously i mean like star. i cannot handle her at all she you was, got it or you don't man you can't teach what she has no yeah. she truly and she was in um a spirit award-winning film that we talked about called shiva baby mm-hmm. and she is 
this histrionic magical unicorn like yeah her whole thing you're like yes she's sexy and insane i love it like <laughs> i get that girl and like she is the high maintenance hot girl that you will make bad choices for 100 yeah. and but it's also a lot of times when you have films like this and you have like a pack of girls to me they're like slightly interchangeable like oh <laughs> the one girl is the other is the other this one well if it's all- not a good hot girl horror movie then that's Sure. That's true. But, <laughs> but if it's a good mean bitch horror movie, you know exactly it who is. All those but not girls not are. even just horror movies, Jordan. That's like oh, transcend sure. genre, right? Like you can't. You have four girls, and it's like, can you really tell these characters? Bodies, bodies, bodies was like. Let me hold on. Just let me stop you for a moment. These women are very, very different. You would want to be alone with them for different reasons and for different (laughs) amounts of time. Like, they are insufferable in their own unique ways. And I very much appreciated that. And it added so much to the humor of it, of, like, that you know where each of them's coming from, so it fuels each of these reveals. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. Where are you at with it, Iffy? Oh, no, I, yeah, I had a good time with it. It was very, it it was very fun it was it was just kind of like leaning into itself and having a good time and i was right there with it i think uh you know a lot of the like gen z jokes and all that stuff felt fun i do i feel like like as as the move as the dwindled down and stuff there was like a couple things that i felt like got lost in the fray i felt like there were some interesting threads that were just left that way but i think in in a movie like this that's kind of what you want like you one thing I want to just, I think in general, always move away from is like everyone always wanting all the answers by the end. I think sometimes mm-hmm. you just don't get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that really like got me on board was the the conversation between like Sophie and um, David when they first saw each other. And mm-hmm. like, you know, Which when you Amanda Stenberg and Pete Davidson. Yeah. When, when they, when they come in, you know that there's some drama that no one's kind of quite addressing and they come and they're like, all right, we need to talk. And then they just kind of bullshit. Like they don't, they don't go into the drama at all. They just catch up. And that felt real in a way, because I feel like, you know, in movies, it's like, all right, let's talk. Okay, let's list all the things that we've just kind of yes. set up for everyone. Yes. And that's yeah. why you know where it is. Where it's like, no, we're just going to bullshit and just see if we're good. And it yeah. seems like we're good. So let's go. And yeah. and you and that that I was like, okay, this this is really fun kind of letting these like real relationships go and it kind of gets you like really tapped in and involved and then they play with those relationships to the end there's like the whole thing between um jordan and sophie and this checking the phone to see if she lied about this thing and you never get an answer for it because we get the big reveal at the end so that's very interesting most people i chat with have really did enjoy this movie Uh, a complaint that i've heard from a couple people i know who haven't is that they were disappointed that, like, the, the the characters basically did not become caricatures. Like, I wanted them to go more. I wanted them to go bigger. I wanted them to be even more extra. And I think what that critique loses track of is this movie isn't actually trying to be a parody of girls like this. It's just being girls yeah. like this. So, like, if it, if it had gone bigger and it had been more extra, it would have been, like, 
clue. Like, let's have, yes. like, a full Miss Scarlet and a full Miss Peacock mm-hmm. who are, like, kind of broadly drawn characters. This actually just does feel like a party you could be at where, like, personal relationships are starting to dissolve. You're so, like, if you're the one stranger in the room like B, you could just be stirring your tea in the corner and watching all of these fissures open up that have been just, like, opening over the course of decades in these longtime friends' lives. And I mean, they also were also they also were going quite big. Uh, I think yeah. in general, I love extra. I love maximalism. I I wouldn't have minded that at all. But I think if you wanted bigger, more more you know garish and outlandish from the characters in this movie, you're underestimating how real yes. the people that these all of these actors were playing are in real life. And I think that was the movie's true strength was that it, it really, I, I really miss particularly horror movies about friends who hate each other. Yeah. And particularly (laughs) when they're rich friends who hate each other, Mm -hmm. because it is so much fun to watch that kind of toxicity and that kind of corrosion. Like this takes cry wolf, a movie that I don't really care for. And is like, here's the cry wolf that you always wanted. Jordan. Yeah. Like a movie about mean bitches who actually don't like each other, but they have a friendship that's about friendship. So they're kind of bound together. And it was, I found it to be a wildly satisfying experience. And I am, I gain strength every time A24 puts out a movie that is the emotional antithesis of The Green Knight. So thank Ah! God for the movies that A24 is putting out in 2022. The stone within the chasm of your uh, heart, it rejuvenates. So speaking of A24, like, I, I do want to give them so much credit. And we actually recently, I, neither of you were there, but we recently <laughs> discussed uh, where the crawdads sing. Oh. And wait for it, because I'm going to make a very random uh, connection between these. But A24, something they do so well is develop films and stories mm. and not overdevelop them. Mm. And so th- Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was pitched by the woman who wrote cat person which was that short story that went like Kristen super viral exactly and then they brought in this very interesting dutch actress director who some of us know from black book and we're like it was initially attached to chloe okuno exactly exactly who who just came out with watcher and so you look at the people that they were pulling in and even the fact that they replaced Kristen, the writer of Cat Person, and then the actual script and screenplay by went to um, another writer who's like a Pulitzer Prize finalist named Sarah DeLapp for a play that she wrote. Like This movie feels like a play. This movie yeah. feels like a play. Oh, of course. It's all one location. It's all one night. It's, Clue is a very funny but very interesting comparison. They're running around room to room, learning things as they go. Totally different tone, but totally similar, different tone. similar energy. But I think that it's to A24's credit that they would like find these pieces and you know like let them work together and like let them but they don't overdo it and like mm-hmm. where the crawdads sing like they again had all of these things on paper of like the writer from beasts of the southern wild and do you know like, like interesting pieces and then i felt like producer notes on everything bodies bodies mm-hmm. bodies i felt like people read it they gave good narrative and structural notes and then mm-hmm. they were like 
yeah, I'm like 20 years too old for these references. So you put this TikTok shit in and you do whatever. I don't even know what drugs kids are doing these days. Yeah. You guys do that. But here's the structure that we'll support you with. I think that applies to the casting too. I think they let the casting take shape organically without being like, but how do we get Elle Fanning in here? Like, because- Rachel Sennett's heat meter is rising like crazy. My Holla Herald, Herald is obviously like she's got industry going on. Chase Sweet Wonders is a, a, like mostly newcomer. Maria Bakalova ascending, but still pretty niche at this point. Pete Davidson is kind of the most de rigueur name in this entire movie. And and, and Lee, Lee Pace, Pace. Like, he, yeah. he comes like he comes in and out depending on how what news you consume, what sort <laughs> yeah. of programming you watch. And I think they just they really let it be the best casting for the ensemble and I think it just sang I didn't know Lee Pace was in this so when he was at the beginning Mm -hmm. in this party I was like shocked I'm sorry shocked they invited Lee Pace to this party and then somebody's like what's that guy like 40 like they also were commenting on the things I was but he was also perfect like his sort of like possible military himbo like yeah and I was like yeah I fully believe this idiot met this girl on tinder is like yeah I'll go to this party oh yeah no it it definitely feels like the guy who would date a woman that young like it definitely like it was all on board and then like when the one thing I was really excited for was eventually who Max would be because they keep talking about Max (laughs) and if he's gonna come back and and I was like so this definitely it's gonna be like it's it's either gonna be like a fun character or somebody who's fun to see. And Don't say who it is. This is the one film I'll say it is fully possible for us to discuss without spoilers. Yeah. And to me, when when we see who Max is, and then like the thing, the twisty whatever reveal at the end. Uh, honestly, I was like super happy this whole time. When we hit those two things back to back in the last five minutes, I was like, oh, I fucking love this. Movie. Oh yeah, because. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. Because who Max is definitely one of my favorite people, and whenever they're in anything, I just automatically. And am it happy. also was the kind of casting, and like was Jordan was saying, the casting's really thoughtful throughout. Because you see the Max, and you're like, oh yeah, now I can go back and think of everything they said about this, movie, <laughs> everything that happened the night before, and I'm like, got it, yeah, got it, yeah, it fills right in. <laughs> but they also do a nice thing because. There's also elements, and Jordan, I'm sure, has and could speak about this a lot. There is certainly a history of queer representation, mm. either on the nose or more nuanced in horror. There's also queer baiting or having like, let's have a bunch of girls in the cast. And for some reason, some of them are going to make out in it, <laughs> even though, oh, no, they're all straight. But isn't it funny? Oh, I'll make out with my best yeah, friend. Like, but they're all, they're barsexual. Right. Exa- oh, God, I love you. Barsexual. <laughs> this movie... We are first, our two characters we meet are two women in love. The first thing we hear is like, what's that noise? And then we huh. realize it's oh, the Foley artistry of two girls making out. Yeah, just you're real deep into this Frenching moment. And and so then when it comes up with the other, like there's other elements it comes through, like it seems again, more thoughtfully peppered in like, oh, this is part of who they are and part of what's added texture to their friendships is that there's also sexual attraction in different areas. And, but it's not me all my, of them. Me and like, my friend Sam Wyman call that uh, ambient queerness, which we are ah, thrilled to yes. see more and more of. Just like matter of fact, like, yes, it is in fact who they are. And the only significance of it is how it affects the interpersonal relationships exactly. of people around them because the uh, the yarn chart of who's had sex with who makes everything more complicated. But this film... F- shockingly makes a case for like, oh, cool. So you're going to leave this film 
with just a low key knowledge of like, yeah, there's pansexual relationships. There's possibly polyamorous related. Like there's yeah. all these things. So you're like, this is just in this world. They also touch on uh, like socioeconomic class distinctions within the wealthy. Like yeah, one of that. them, there is a super burn moment where this girl like puts on her mean girl face and is like, it's so good. your parents are upper middle class. Yeah. No, they're not. That moment is like the most cutting thing. And like, <laughs> and so to talk about class in this, to talk about uh, race within that of like addiction of like mm. our, our lead girl, Amanda Stenberg's character is fresh out of rehab. And she's like, draws on the hypocrisy of like, cool. All you white people do as much Coke as I ever did. Nobody was calling your parents. Like, yeah, that this movie and all of those things are things that you don't realize they've done till you're 10 minutes driving down the road. And you're like, wow, they really like worked in so much in this script and got a TikTok song stuck in my head. For what it's worth, if you're keeping score at home, guys, uh, really not a lot of cleavage in this movie to speak of whatsoever. Oh, no, I was like, yeah, truly. Um, uh, just, uh, I was, I was hoping for more. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't not, Iffy. I wasn't not. Yeah. The one thing I would wish for more, Maria Bakalova, which many people, yes. most people presumably first saw in Borat 2. Totally. That was the only casting or even writing thing that I was like, you're going to bring her and not let her be funny in the least? Like, <laughs> what is this Chris Pratt and Jurassic World? Like, if you have these people, at least let them be funny. Okay. Vote, vote, vote. Oh, yeah. Let's get our votes in. What you thinking, Jordan? This is the is this a screen it moment? Because it's because I'm going with screen it. Okay. Screen it. Screen it with friends. Ooh. Enjoy this in a setting where you can laugh along with others and like do call and responses at the screen. This is a party horror movie, so have a party with it. Yeah. I'm also a screen it, and I'll say like 50% of the way through, and I try not to do this, but in my head I was already thinking of our conversation. I knew we were discussing this on the podcast. I was like, this is fun, but probably a stream it. And then it really started to just bring in so much texture. And it's also, shout out to Helena Rain, like the direction of this. If you're all in one location, all in one night, it's not, it's both hard and easier in certain ways when it comes mm. to production. But she has all this stuff with just these girls with cell phone lights. And you it's, still have it, such a, a frenetic movie. Yeah, it's tense. It's frenetic it's moving it's you're like oh clicking along and everything about this for something so absurd felt so grounded in reality like which is unheard of to me so yeah screen yeah. it and then, yeah i'm gonna screen it too uh leslie you know just busting it out it just it's a triple screen it so uh you know enjoy it <laughs> enjoy it uh and shouts out to the violence in this movie because there are a few physical altercations that look so so sincere. Yeah. I'm like a girl left with a limp yeah. out of this day because she just got fucked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like it's just, it looks very realistically like two, like multiple five foot tall women yeah. just laying into each other with no skill and pure anger. And it is really, really effective. <laughs> Last note. And it's important to me that this is left in Marissa, but Lee Pace's character at one point is discovered wearing a LED mask on his face that is referred to for his seasonal affective disorder. I want, 
everyone to know I wear one of those every day, <laughs> but for vanity skin reasons. Oh, so okay. there, there's a lot that LED thermal um, face masks can do for you. Please feel free to write me, and I will point you in the right direction. Yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Yeah. Drea will uh, keep your skin looking right. I still have that vitamin C clay mask. I'll bust it on. You know. Uh, keeping my face looking good and delicious. Uh, but, you know, we'll be right back after we hear from another show for Maximum Fun. So stay right there. So you have probably heard about microdosing. If not, just know that all sorts of people are microdosing daily to feel healthier and perform better. Our show today is sponsored by Microdose Gummies. Microdose Gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Yeah, and sometimes we need to feel just the right amount of good. Sometimes we need to de-stress a little. Uh, maybe you had a long-standing hang with some of your friends, and there's a lot of beef that needs to be handled, and you just don't want to hear them bicker and argue over another game of werewolf or bodies, 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 or whatever they choose to call it this time. So that's when I'd pop a Lumi Labs and just uh, chill on the couch, maybe uh, away from all the action. Maybe with an LED face mask to keep my skin looking right. You know, all of those things can be yours just with a little bit of Lumi in your life. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code MAXFILM to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. Links can be found in the show description. But again, that is microdose.com, code M-A-X-F-I-L-M. Hey there, it's Annabelle Gerwich. And I'm Laura House. We host Tiny Victories, the 15-minute podcast that's about the little things. Getting into the tiny victory frame of mind is about recognizing minor accomplishments and fleeting joys. Isn't it a wonderful day when the first password you try actually works? When it's freezing cold outside and toasty as all get out in my shower, my tiny victory is that I turn off the water and get on with my day. We can't change this big dumb world, but we can celebrate the tiny wins. So join us on Maximum Fun or wherever you listen to podcasts. Let's get tiny! Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm Yosef Iwadiwe. In the studio with me are... Jordan Cruciola. Drea Clark. And uh, look, recently stories were going around about how Miles Teller had been up for the role of Elvis in Boz Lerman's biopic, while Austin Butler was out for the role Rooster in Top Gun Maverick. And sure, swapping those two actors might have been a terrible idea, but it makes for a fun game. So... What two actors would you enjoy seeing swapped into one another's memorable roles? Okay, so I want you to know I thought about this, and I'll continue to think about this for days to come, but <laughs> I, I, my idea is rooted in this. Please, you guys don't feel hampered by this, but I looked at it with these specifics of films made in the same time period. Ooh. So like, it actually like, oh, I couldn't do this because I did this other one, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and just to like make it, well, not make it tougher. It just occurred to me, but I actually want to replace. So it's two romances, heterosexual white people, of course. And I would like to swap both couples. And those motion pictures are from the year 1990. And they are, um, Richard Gere and Julia Roberts and Pretty Woman swapping with 
Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in Joe versus the Volcano. Ooh. And mostly Whoa. because Tom Hanks as Edward the businessman in Pretty Woman, who's like, it will be easier for me to hire a, a sex worker than <laughs> connect with a regular gal. And then Meg Ryan as like the woman navigator. I would have loved for them in 1990 to have mm. access to that. I feel like for Meg Ryan, it would have helped like with the cuteness sheen that she had to carry for so long to come. Tom Hanks obviously took like strong dramatic turns right after that anyway. So bringing that energy to Pretty Woman is it's both it's in that whole scenario it's countercasting. It's like, oh, I'm going to mm. I'm going to offer these cuz these are not the expected people, right? And same with Joe versus the volcano. Like Richard Gere digging into the absurdity and kind of navel gazing and philosophical undertones of a weird ass film like that. I like that for him. And Julia Roberts, goof it up, lady. Play three different women. <laughs> goof put, it up, lady. Put dumb <laughs> hair on for at least two of them. Like, I like the idea of those two. Actors who I think can both seem sort of stiff or into themselves, unleashing in the absurdity world of Joe versus the volcano, like of that whole stuff at the at the original factory, right? Like Richard Gere trying to puzzle his way. I just feel like all these actors could have been pushed further if they had just swapped those roles. Mm, interesting, <laughs> yeah. very interesting. Okay, God, Joe versus the volcano is so weird. Yeah. It is one of my, I mean, I was introduced to it on this podcast. I'd never seen it before we talked about it. And it is now one of my favorite movies. And it is one of the weirdest movies in the world. So I weird. love it so much. Incredible. So I weird. feel like the way I went for mines were like famous, kind of semi-famous like this one. But I will say uh, Tony Todd. And Eddie Murphy, where Eddie Murphy does Candyman and Tony Todd does uh, a Vampire in Brooklyn. Wow. Because uh, that was the big that thing. That work. That was the, because Eddie was their first choice for Candyman, but then he was doing Vampire in Brooklyn. So no. it was like, oh, what if, uh, what if, uh, what if we swapped it back? And then my other one was going to be Will Smith in The Matrix, Keanu Reeves in Wild Wild West. Stop it. Oh, God, I want to watch both of those. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. I think that, I'm compelled to both of those. Um, I'm sorry. I want to see Keanu Reeves dealing with that stupid spider thing. The, like, <laughs> yeah. The yeah. animatronic spider creation. And obviously, I want to see Will Smith do the, like, the bullet time. Like, what's Oh, it? yeah. Oh, yeah. Solid choices, Iffy. Would watch. But the, the Candyman one, like, Tony Todd's career... The different trajectory it would have taken yeah. if he had done, oh, yeah. if he had done um, Vampire in Brooklyn, like such a different world. Oh, I like that. I like well, that. What's also interesting to it too is like what with the fate of the two movies, but even though they those are two like pretty. I mean, actually, <laughs> Candyman is like the bigger movie. I think, and if you look back on it, but it is like. What would it have been if Eddie Murphy would would Vampire in Brooklyn be the big movie or would it be that uh, Ooh, yeah. Candyman is still as popular? Like it's just so much fun to like think of all those weird possibilities. Yeah, Jordan, what you got? It's gonna be weird. 
Uh, um, we would expect nothing less. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be weird. It's going to be gay also. Good. Then look, so that's what, what we're we gonna, like. What we're going to what we're going to take is we're going to start with color of night. Ooh. That's a place <laughs> that's where you okay. That's where we're so we're starting with color of night. <laughs> and what we're going to do is we're going to switch Bruce Willis in color of night and we're going to take Maidchen Amic from Dream Lover. Stop it. Yeah, you did. Maidchen Amic is going to lead Color of Night and have an erotic thriller relationship with Jane March in that movie. Jane March, who, whatever she was paid for Color of Night, was not enough. No. <laughs> Will they have less of a gross age difference? Presumably? I mean, at that Ooh. point, probably. Yeah. yeah. Like, Maidchen Amic in like 94, 93. Okay. Um, yeah, because wait, Jane so wait, is like then, 19 when they film. Are that. you then, of course, also depositing yep. Bruce Willis into Dream Lover? We're putting Bruce Willis with, into with, Dream Lover. With Spader? Is yeah, it Spader? with James Spader. Yep. And it's yeah, going to be, it is going to be a oh, gay, erotic love story that. of ruination between James Spader and Bruce Willis. I mean, can you imagine the glory of the world we could have lived in if there was a hot 90s erotic thriller with a 90s Bruce Willis and James Spader? Oh, my God. And and for Maidchen Amick to, I mean, legendary performance to me in Dream Lover. But for Maidchen Amick to have been like Twitter. made the leading woman she deserved to be yeah. in the 1990s, even in a fucking nutso movie like color of night like not being necessary not being the femme fatale or the supporting hot woman sure. but being being the, the like, driving detective. force of it yeah yeah with with a yet another unhinged leslie and warren performance just leslie ann warren doesn't have time to hinge <laughs> she has leslie no time warren for it. is interested in unhinging and unhinging only every yeah. every facial expression leslie ann warren makes is down to fuck every single facial expression. She's oh, I love her. She's she's a pre Rachel Senate. I mean, like Rachel <laughs> Senate may not know that. You're so but right. There's there's a there's a through line there. But yeah, so that's my erotic thriller swap. For if the someone 90s. wants to type up either of those and <laughs> yeah. get this fanfic going, speaking of fanfic turning we into will, yeah, adaptations, we'll help uh, generate an engine that will possibly lead that to a <laughs> oh, thinly yeah. veiled version on the motion big big screen someday. Yeah, no, I definitely think so. Yeah, so that's where nice. I'm at. All right, well, let's keep it rolling and let's go to staff picks. It could be any movie at all. So, uh, Drea, I'm gonna I'm gonna have you start. Okay, so I'm starting with a film that I do not know Jordan's take on it, but I'm sure that she has one. It is a new film by Rebecca McKendry. It is called Glorious. Mm. It is a uh, thriller horror. Um, it is a two-hander, and I just did a, a whole other podcast about two-handers, so there's just two people in mm -hmm. it. In this film, the two people are... Ryan Quantin, who's mm -hmm. like the hot guy from True Blood, um, who's like the super hungover dude who finds himself in a public bathroom. And then he starts to hear a voice from the glory hole. Again, this is a movie called Glorious. Yes. That is uh, set in motion by a glory hole that he is kind of pulled into. And the other character is J.K. Simmons. <laughs> and it is... I believe, you know, the we've talked we've thrown words that I the absurdist, weird, bloody, um there's a lot going on and it's super original and 
Good for Rebecca. It's on um, Shudder. Yeah, I'm actually planning on watching it imminently. So I'm glad to hear your endorsement on this one. Yeah. Jordan, do you have a staff pick? I do. And I will take it into the archives. I, for the first time, finally watched the movie Angel from 1984. Wait, like Angel by Day? Yeah, like High yeah, Schooler yeah, yeah. by Day, Sex High Worker by, by Night. High Schooler by Day, Sex Worker by Night. Yep, um, thank you. And uh, Sam Wyman Angel programmed by that day. You knew what I meant. For, for a recent movie night double, the theme was Sex Workers Save the Day. And what I absolutely did not expect to find in Angel was like a piece of queer cinema canon that is one of like the most tender and like fair presentations of like queer chosen family in a marginalized segment of society. Like this is a girl who is essentially on her own. She's been walking Hollywood Boulevard for money since she was 12. And we meet her at about 16, 17 and her, her protectors around her are a drag queen, a guy who does like Western, like shoot him up for like, you know, tips on Hollywood Boulevard and her absolutely nutty landlord played by, the iconic Susan Tyrell. And it's just oh, yeah. utterly entertaining. It, again, sex workers save the day. Sex workers are starting to be picked off by a crazy killer um, on the streets of Los Angeles. And you keep waiting for the movie to screw up and like put its foot in it for like the, the sex and gender politics that it's doing. And it kind of actually never does. And th- mm. it ended in the room was transformed. We were like, how is that a movie we've never seen? And now it's one of the best movies any of us has ever seen. Like we were... We were thrilled. Well, I'm Ooh. thrilled for you. I do not remember any of that movie except for the poster. Great poster. <laughs> Banger there poster. There are, I believe, four movies in total in the franchise. I've not yet explored the others, but I'm looking forward to getting into them. Oh, just like after. Just like <laughs> just the after like series. after, <laughs> yes. Uh, and to close it off, I was thinking a uh, movie that kind of thematically would be a fun double feature with this. Maybe, maybe not. I'd say Ready or Not. Oh, mm. yeah. Good time. In oh, 2019. Yeah. Good time. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. It just uh, just uh, felt that same kind of vibe of like a fresh kind of take on something we've seen before in an exciting way. So, uh, give, yeah, when you're making your double features, uh, consider that. Huh? If you want an extremely on the nose double feature with bodies, go with 2009 Sorority Row. Ooh. Perfect. One of my favorite movies ever such made. Such a Jordan um, movie. And an ideal. <laughs> like, if you just, like, I just want these girls in another iteration and, like, slasher, yes, go for it. All right. See? You've just been crushed. Uh, <laughs> You, yeah, you know, you, you thought you were safe. But you thought you were. You rested for a moment and then you learned your lesson. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much to our friend Jordan Cruciola for Yay. coming back on the show. Thank Where so can much. people find you? Uh, God, thank you guys so much for having me. I always have such a wonderful time with you. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jorcru, J-O-R-C-R-U, and various other podcasts. But, you know, for our purposes here, it has to be first and foremost the other podcast on Maximum yes. Fun. Yeah, yeah. Feeling <laughs> seen. Come check us out. Iffy has been a guest, and I can promise good things to come. Uh, I'm very, very much loving getting to do it. And I would very much love it if you guys all tuned in and uh, told your friends and people online at Whole Foods that you meet. Yeah, make sure you subscribe today so that Jordan can be feeling heard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Come on. He's a pro. <laughs> You're a bit, you know, uh, Drea, thank you so much for holding it down with me and love to Alonzo. Get well soon. We'll mm-hmm. see you next week. 
And you, listener, thank you always every week coming in and listening to us. If you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, tweet at us at Maximum underscore film. Our Facebook group can be found at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Maximum Film or send us an email at Maximum Film at Maximum org and leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and we might just read it on air. Those help. We love those. They do help. Those reviews, they yeah, help. They, they do. help other people find they the do. show. Yeah, step up for everybody on this uh, pod and rate and review our casts. Use all the hashtags. You know, let's you know let let the folks know where you're getting your movie stuff from. Uh, our producer is the wonderful Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher, and this is a production of Maximum Fun. Bye bye. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture Artist owned Audience supported